you know, I've got to a position now where the focus is not the money. The focus is helping other people to be successful. You know, I had five grand and it turned to 900, you know, pound within literally 24 hours. Wow. So what you do is you develop, you develop this emotional regulation and ability to think rationally in times of crisis. This is who makes money, someone who sits around in a suit all day to actually what it is now, you know, is, is very, very different because you think of people in finance, the, the bankers, the stressed all the time, you know, they're wearing suits. Whereas I, I've said it before, like I've made more money in my underpants than I ever have in a suit. People have money and they want to do things with it now because of a lack of self-regulation. Life has a tendency to throw things at you to make sure if you're worthy of the next level. One of the key things as well is understanding yourself. High school was definitely not a place where he fitted in. In fact, our guest struggled with traditional education because he always felt out of place. Fast forward, he's done a six-week intensive course and got a job at a reputable corporate firm. But it didn't take long until he realized that the corporate life was not something that resonated with him deeply. He was then at a crossroad. He wanted to work by himself and give something bad, but realized that he didn't have any skills from his prior education. In the meantime, he started investing money he'd get from his family and friends. He was basically trying to understand the market at the time, but fast forward to the cryptocurrency boom of 2018, he lost all of his life savings. Roughly two years after, he lost another event business he started after having worked with large corporations from the UK. Someone else would have just given up at that point. His emotional resilience, however, led him onto another venture. But I will leave you to listen to this man's story. He talks about Bitcoin, financial markets, and is kind enough to offer financial advice to everyone starting out. And we also dive into his mindset and the habits that have got him in the place he is now. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Elliot Rain. You are listening to The Grateful Show with your hosts Pascu and Bogdan. Join us on our mission to spread awareness around mental health and make people feel happier and overall more grateful. Each week we bring you an inspiring guest, stories and a message that will help you become your best self and pursue your life mission. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome back to another episode of The Grateful Show. Hope you are doing fantastic because today we have here with us Elliot. How is it going, man? Hey, guys. Pleasure to have you on, Elliot. I appreciate that. Thank you for inviting me, gentlemen. Let's right. just break the ice and I'm going to ask you, what are you actually grateful for today, Elliot? Well, number one, for being alive. I think fit and well, healthy. I think that's, the, that's probably an answer you get quite a lot. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But number two, I think probably one of my struggles last year was exercise. So mm. I've been I've been grateful today and I had the gratitude behind me of, of being able to go out and have a run this morning, which I haven't been very consistent with as of last year. So I guess that's one thing you can be can be grateful for. Take it in your surroundings. Yeah, all of us just have uh, like different areas to improve on. I even remember for myself that for the pandemic was one of the worst periods in terms of exercising, but for other people, it was quite good because they understood that they didn't do much. They don't do much, so they just have to <laughs> to go out there and uh, do some physical exercises. But uh, yeah, for our audience, Elliot, if you can just uh, briefly share your story and uh, what you do would be awesome. Absolutely. So my name is Elliot Rain. I'm 21 years old, based in Leeds of the UK, and I am the owner of Planet Crypto Global. And what we do is educate people to becoming profitable within the the cryptocurrency market. Whether you're a time rich investor or a time poor investor, any experience level, we will get you there. Um, so yeah, a bit of a background into my story. I came out of school around 16 and didn't want to go through the usual education system, which is kind of the topic of a lot of podcasts nowadays around how you can define the education system or whatever but casting everyone's mind back to kind of my story when it goes through the the educational system it kind of ended after I went to school but my background in school wasn't that was I wasn't the best student around I could probably you know my last year attendance was you know sub 
60%. So I wasn't really that of a good student. You could say I didn't really feel like I fitted in. Um, and I guess, you know, it's probably good, actually a good one to talk about just today. But I guess from my point of view, from a mental perspective within that kind of time frame, I, I kind of str- I struggled a lot because I felt out of place uh, within that kind of, let's say, yeah, five years of my life uh, within the school system. But that being said, I, I ended up kind of, let's say, getting through school in a, you know, a manner that was okay. It wasn't, it, I kind of didn't end up anywhere where I shouldn't have been. Um, and then from there, I went straight out of school and ironically went back to education. I did a six week crash course in telecommunications and ICT principles. And then I went to go work for a large scale corporate. Um, and then I enjoyed corporate life for, you know, a while and realized that quickly wasn't for me. So I guess this is all learning growing up within, uh, you know, I did a, quite a lot of growing up quite fast. You know, I'm only 21 today, but, you know, when I was 16, 17, I, I kind of knew where I wanted to go. So, mm-hmm. you know, at that point, I was starting to practice investing. I was investing at that point. I, could, I wasn't even old enough to invest, but I was investing every bit of money I could have from family, friends, just trying to understand the market, really. And, you know, that brings me on to obviously why Planet Crypto was created. But continuing with the journey as a whole, uh, I ended up going back into education, went on to work for a corporate and, you know, I was, at the, I was at a crossroads in my mind. It was like, I need to kind of work by myself and kind of offer some value to the marketplace. But I don't have any other skill other than being able to bunk off school. <laughs> um, so, so what I did was I, I ended up getting a business partner within the events industry. Um, and we set up a business uh, called EJ Events that basically was an all-in-one events solution. With uh, We had marketeers on board. Uh, we had, you know, events kind of videographers and event planners, all that sort of stuff. And that sort of bring, started bringing the money in, which was, you know, the number one problem that initially we had. And we went through the hustle stage of begging people to give them, you know, give us their bars for a night so we could, you know, make 40 pounds in profit, but, you know, realistically mm-hmm. get that content to be able to, you know, regurgitate on a great a greater level. So yeah. I guess the, the first kind of year of that was an exercise to prove to ourselves that we could do it. But, you know, quickly within them kind of two years of, you know, two, two, even for two and a half years of running that business, um, we scaled to working with some of the largest corporates in the UK. Uh, so we wow. worked with the likes of, um, we like to even BT, we worked on uh, with uh, some, with Waitrose as well, some Michelin, Michelin star chefs to deliver, you know, an all-in-one all in vent solution that cost, cut their costs and, and like say, um, you know, their outgoings by 40% because we had a young and dynamic team and ended up kind of with a bit of an office in Leeds that, you know, was, was it, it was in a good place and kind of at 18, 19, that was like, oh my gosh, that is... Uh, you know, quite a, quite a good achievement. So Definitely. at that point, that point, you know, within that kind of period, my, my overall mindset, cause I'm a very technically driven person. I'm not a, what I like to call porn star. I don't like marketing at all. It's not my thing. I, I, I focus sheerly on results and I let other people do what they're good at because I'm not good at marketing. I don't enjoy it. Um, so, you know, what, what I did from there is I, I funneled that money into investments um, and took kind of side, side step from, you know, what was going on with the event stuff. Um, but we ended up winning an award and things like that, which was, which was good. Um, but then from there, that was really when my, my investing mindset and, and journey kind of was created from a whole, because I was there, I was building portfolios in, in stocks, in index funds, in um, peer-to-peer lending, cryptocurrency, which is obviously where we are today, where I am today. Um, you know, bonds, all that sort of stuff. And I was, I was just practicing building these, you know, diverse portfolios and, and how, kind of- How old were you when you, when you really started getting into- 17, 17 okay. and 18. Okay. Yeah. So, so realistically, the 17 year old era was, you know, it was a trial run, let's just say, you know, it officially started with my, in essence, let's say side hustle at the time, Yeah. around 18 when I was actually legally allowed to do it. Um, so from there, around that time, this is when I started taking crypto very, very seriously, but I actually lost- pretty much all of my life savings in the cryptocurrency boom of 20, 2018, uh, the, the sort of start of 20, 2018, the end of 2017 time. I was probably one of the only people on the planet to do so at that time. Um, so that, that for me, there was a massive learning curve there. And, and I dedicated the next three to four years of my life learning about cryptocurrency, you know, within literally from a, from a, a literal top, top down analysis, top down state from, you know, data, let's say, um, a day trading state right the way through to investing and kind of look to master it all. Um, and so that was when my focus really turned towards blockchain, towards cryptocurrency. So that's kind of, you know, wh- where I got to in terms of where, where I was with my, you know, cryptocurrency and, and investment stance. And then the, obviously the coronavirus came and I was in a position where, you know, we had the, it had the events business, which was kind of taking care for itself a little bit. 
Yeah. And that was wiped off its feet overnight. So I was I, ha- I was in a position where I had these skills in crypto and it only made sense to create an educational platform around crypto and start building portfolios for other wealthy investors. So mm-hmm. around about January, February of last year, uh, we, we incepted Planet Crypto. And there's two products that we offer. Number one is uh, for the time rich investor that wants to invest in the self as an online educational 12-month program to become profitable through, through trading and investing in the crypto market. And then there's the time time poor investor where we'll build a portfolio and then we'll have 12 months worth of consultation calls to make sure that the portfolio mm-hmm. is growing over time. So that's us and that's how I've got to where I am today. Currently managing eight of my own diverse portfolios consisting of you know all of the above that I mentioned earlier on. Um, and also you know, 30% of each of them portfolios is dedicated solely to crypto. And what I kind of do is I, I funnel my funds because crypto makes the most money, but it's not the largest kind of let's say part of my pie chart for building the wealth. I funnel all the money back from crypto into the wealth builders, the index fund and all that stuff. Um, but obviously my main focus is crypto. And you know, I've got to a position now where the focus is not the money. The focus is helping other people to be successful because there is so much you'll see people coming into the market. They think that foreign exchange, you know, with all the gurus and stuff, yeah. the cryptocurrency are the same. Now, you know, what I always say to people is, it's very easy for someone to know a banknote and say, right, I'm a foreign exchange guru and become a guru overnight. But if you start talking to someone about cryptocurrency and you start talking about hash rate, you start talking about blockchains, you know, you start talking about all these different, you know, miners, all the different compo- components that make up a blockchain network. People that don't know what they're talking about, they absolutely mm-hmm. crumble. So, you know, we're solving a real problem in that there's going to be a lot of people that become experts in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency overnight because we are relatively early. Um, but we're, we're positioning ourselves right now at Planet Crypto as to be the number one educational platform in three years' time. Awesome. Elliot, you mentioned that in 2018, basically, when everyone was making money out of crypto, you happened to lose a lot of money. And obviously, thinking back now, it's definitely it definitely looks like the biggest learning curve probably Absolutely. for yourself. But like back then, how were you approaching everything, like seeing that you are basically losing money day by day how are you feeling at the time and like what was there like a low moment and how did you bounce off that moment i mean so again obviously with with me, my struggles throughout school I, I developed this let's say emotional let's say emotional regulation to be able mm-hmm. to manage my emotions in a way that i can switch off like that i mean generally i'm not an emotional person but i can switch off like that which is why it's good to think logistically in a market so to go to answer your question about what i was feeling in that time at that point when I lost all that money, the mindset that I had was a stock market mindset. It was a non-volatile asset market market that I was, you know, kind of in, um, you know, but for cryptocurrency, it's a massively, massively volatile market. So, you know, for me, it was a massive learning curve in terms of, you know, I'd always been used to the things like the stock market and things like that, not really playing on my emotions as much because I kind of got into a good position with them. But when crypto came, it was so much volatility that one day, you know, I had five grand and it turned to 900, you know, pound within literally 24 hours. So what you do is you develop develop this emotional regulation and ability to think rationally in times of crisis. Mm -hmm. So for me, the biggest learning curve from that was actually not looking at what things were worth, but looking at the reasons why these things happened. Yeah. What happens is when you start to, you know, regurgitate that and, and, you know, you know, in essence, prime it over time and make it better, you remove the emotion and it no longer becomes money. It becomes mm-hmm. a game mm-hmm. and the money just comes with it. It's like perfecting any craft, right? As long as you get good at something, the money will come. It doesn't matter if you're focusing too much on the, you know, the financial return, you're probably not going to hit the highs that you probably need to get to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Elliot, I'm just curious uh, about... How and why did you got first of all into uh, trading? What was the reason? Like you were influenced by someone? Yeah. So I mean, my my listen, it's not being background, but I'm an analytical thinker, right? And you know, it sounds crazy, but I've always watched things like Wolf of Wall Street. I've always loved mm-hmm. them from a young young age. You know, the things like the Big Short. And you know, realistically, my my initial mindset of this is who makes money: someone who sits around in a suit all day. To actually, what it is now you know, is, is very, very different because you think of people in finance, the, the bankers, the stressed all the time, you know, they're wearing suits. Whereas I, I've said it before, like I've made more money in my underpants than I ever have in a suit. You know, that's, that's kind of the, the way it's been. So, you know, from, from that was the influence. It was like, well, actually, how can I replicate this? You know, that these big hedge funds are doing, but on a smaller scale 
and not have to live the same, you know, light lifestyle and mindset that these guys live in because they're under they're under the pressure at hedge funds yeah. every single month. If you don't hit your targets and you don't hit your returns month on month, you're in the relegation zone. If you don't do it the next month, you're out. You know, it, it, there there are bankers out there where money is no longer a problem, but they still commit suicide, right? So you know, this is what I, I'm trying to change when it comes to the financial markets, and that to me was a deeper meaning than what any whatever money return could ever bring me within the financial market so it wasn't necessarily i was an analytical thinker and i do enjoy you know investing and trading simple as but the the greater meaning my greater why was just was to make an impact in the industry that that has otherwise probably been manipulated and you know been top down from a long time by the global elite mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i mean speaking of this I, I just want to keep it very very briefly but what's your take on what has currently been going on in, in like the investment space with like Robin Hood and like all the all the conversations around that. Just keep it very briefly. Yeah, I actually did a podcast a couple of days ago for my members on the platform about pump and dump. Mm-hmm. Now, I will keep it very brief. I could I could talk about this for hours, guys. So I do apologize. I do have a tendency to, to run. But pump and dump schemes are a market manipulation. They are, you know, it's, it's, it's illegal. Now, what everyone thinks they're doing when they're betting against these hedge funds is the thing that the you know the short squeezing, but all they're doing is playing into the hands of the, the greater power that has the, the, wide, the larger liquidity. So what you've got is you've got, for example, the likes of GameStop, who people are thinking they're beating the institutions by squeezing them higher, whereas all they're doing is playing into the hands of the institutions. So when they short the market and bring it down, they make more money. So while these people are so, so flustered in the mind thinking I'm winning, I'm winning, I'm winning, you saw GameStop lose half of its value overnight. And that's simply because, the, you know, whether they've been stopped out in the stops or what, it doesn't really matter to them because they've regained that money and more by, you know, wrecking more people in the market, right? So similar thing happens in crypto, less liquidity, less orders. And, you know, it's a lot easier to do. So we had a pump and dump on Monday. Uh, you know, you saw people getting in halfway through it. When the money's made before the pump and dump happens, the money the money is made on the way up before it happens, before the time, and then the institutions yeah. enjoy it now. Mm-hmm. Right. Elliot, for our audience, which probably are not as, uh, like, I guess, experienced with the whole topic, but they yeah. might want to get into investing. What would be, like, let's say, top three tips for them to begin with? Three things that they can do uh, implement to basically either educate themselves or like how to get started in the whole investment space. Number one is find an experienced mentor who knows what they're doing and can guide you that will help you along the way. Number two is develop a community of people that are on the same path as you. Um, and number three, let me think, is uh, yeah, just, just make sure you're consistent. Don't throw your money into things that you don't understand just yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You mentioned the community. I think it's definitely one of the most important things when it comes to doing such things, especially because like, obviously, if you right now were to go back to high school, let's say, and try to speak to your old friends about what you're doing with crypto, they would probably be like, oh, come on, bro. Like, this is boring. Like, I don't understand anything or you'll never make it in, in that space. So probably that's the reason behind it. Correct? Absolutely. I mean, what you find is i guess what i found as well is from a you know when you when you try to appeal to everyone you, you're very liable to get to get you know y- your emotions played with yeah. when you wholeheartedly know who your target audience is no one else matters you are focused on who you are trying to appeal to and what you find is these people that, are, that, that soon well before were, were not interested and you know didn't care about you they yeah. soon start to probably try and adapt to the person that you want to achieve, you know, mm-hmm. marketer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you're going to be able to tap much more of a wider capitalization if you know exactly who your target market and who they look like, where they hang out, all that's kind of marketing jazz. Yeah. Awesome. You have uh, told us in our audience briefly what you do and uh, what, uh, what you currently do, but can you please uh, let us know why? Are you doing everything you are doing, and what's the biggest goal for all the for all the businesses and plans that you have? So, I mean, it always sounds cliche, but five year five year vision is to create a hedge fund in crypto, specifically geared around cryptocurrency. So, we've got two we've got two target markets we're looking at at the moment. So, you got obviously your people who are wanting to learn how to do it. This is the mm-hmm. way right? people are learning how to trade and invest. We're trading them properly. You know, they're becoming profitable. 
you've got your high net worth individuals who have the money, don't want, don't have the time. So what we, what the plan is, is that we, on them two hands, we've got our two ideal people within that will make this grow into a hedge fund. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that five, five years down the line, we'll have a cryptocurrency hedge fund. We've got the people who have the skills to be able to trade higher net worth individuals money. We've got the individuals who are able to um, give us the money to be able to grow in a big fund. You know, bill, let's say a billion pounds worth of asset managers. Um, management people, if, if they want long-term gains, we'll get an investing team on it. If they want short-term gains, we'll get a trading floor team on it. Definitely. I mean, in my opinion, it's just a matter of time because you have such a clear goal and you're, you already mm-hmm. are very ahead of most people in the space. And like myself, not knowing too much about crypto, I definitely know uh, the fact that things are just getting started. And yes, what happened in 2018 might have been of luck for some people, but I, I guess I'm assuming that the crypto space is only just touching surface, and we will be probably we will probably only be trading uh, cryptocurrency or other currencies within probably 10 years max. Yeah, I mean, there'll always be room for other asset classes and there'll always yeah. be the traditional people who, who will only ever, because of compound interest in index funds and stocks, et cetera, they're always going to probably stay within their own niche. Uh, but what we're finding is that the mindset towards crypto and towards a, you know a, an unregulated, decentralized market is shifting massively. Uh, and what we find is, again, on a kind of a simple basis, you know, if you look at Bitcoin that went to $20,000 at the back end of 2017, mm-hmm. it then retraced over a two-year period down to around $3,000. And a lot of people lost a lot of money, right? And I was one of them at one of them points. In, well, granted, at that point, that investment I never actually lost because it made it, it made money over time. But that being said, um, what we then found is the price pushed up to around $16,000 and pushed back down to $4,000. So the, the way that markets work, and this is what people don't understand, they follow the manipulated news and across the cryptocurrency market, yeah. news is regurgitated to make people make rational, emotional decisions. So when the price is going up, they're telling you to buy, 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 buy. When the price is going down, crypto is dying. Simple as, it's never going to come back. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you look at the actual, what the, what the data is telling you, the market, as long as it goes up and comes back down, goes up and comes back down and forms a continuous uptrend, the market's growing. So I'm expecting right now, the price of Bitcoin today is around $33,000, right? I'm expecting that to crash at some point. A lot of people are going to get wrecked that are rookie investors, and that's just kind of the, the way it works. I, I hope they didn't, but people that listen to the news are going to be getting wrecked. So, you know, the smart investor would say, well, actually, I'm in a position now where, you know, I can put my money into assets that are undervalued, but I'm going to wait for the market leader, in this case, Bitcoin, to retrace back to levels that it's done time and time and time and time again. You know, that is a simple thing to do. It's, it's retraced back to 3,000. Is it going to retrace back to 6,000, 7, 8, 9, 10,000? And can I buy in there? People have money and they want to do things with it now because of a lack of self-regulation. Whereas if you strategically plan out, especially with investing, it's all about waiting for things to pan out in the way that you want them to pan out. You, know, you can get money in the market now, but as long as you leave money for potential da- downside, people put the whole life savings in at certain points. And the moment that goes down, the market goes down, the kids are crying at home, simple as, you know, they're not, they're not in a good position. So, you know, there's a, the way you master infinite returns is by being able to play the market and, and proceed within the market in a, in a strategic way and rational, logical way. Um, and that's what we're trying to change within this space. There's far too many people getting wrecked by people who simply are teaching the wrong things and don't know what they're talking about. And I also think it's a, it's a, often the case uh, with teenagers, at least, and uh, people that want to get rich overnight, like people when they hear about cryptocurrency or they hear about uh, Tesla stock going uh, up, they always think of, yes, I'm going to put this much amount of money and like uh, within a couple of months, I'm going to buy a Lamborghini or something like that. And it's definitely not the case. And you know that better than any, anyone else. But what uh, piece of advice would you give to, let's say, Elliot from three to four years ago in regards to your finances? Like, let's say right before you started to be more aware of your finances and how to better uh, delegate costs and how to better save your money and all around finances. What would be that one piece of advice you would give yourself? So before, so again, before I learned that financial literacy, you know, probably yeah. on 17, 18, I, I lived my life, and this is what a lot of people young do. I lived my life to appease a certain demographic of people that didn't, I didn't know, they didn't care about, you know, they didn't care about me. So, you know, I was buying the designer clothes. I was buying these things to appeal to these people that just, I don't even know who they are now. I probably can't even remember them. 
Um, so the, the piece of advice would have been, you know, stack up the money, work hard. You know, you, you get a nine to five. That teaches you, you know, a lot of things. Despite the wage might not be very well, it teaches you how to have a routine. You know, is the moment you start to be able to funnel that money into other investments. So, but at that point, I was living basically. You know, my paycheck was coming in, and I was buying designer clothes to show someone else that I got the designer clothes, and I looked rich. Whereas, you know, I, I bought about fourteen of the same T-shirt the other day. You know, in the same color, not just simply so. After I remove the, the the decision in the morning, yeah. you know, yeah. of, of wanting to choose a t-shirt it just doesn't yeah. matter to me um but that's what i think a lot of people do that they get caught up in this kind of downward spiral of appeasing nobody mm-hmm. Definitely. yeah and you're talking about currencies and stocks and uh, all of that i just wanted to ask you this question would you consider uh being rich as something selfish or not no no I personally, and it might be something that I, yeah, probably not a lot of people sometimes like, but I, I have more of a capitalist capitalist mindset. You can probably tell by speaking to me. No shit, you know, at the end of the day, you work for what you get. If you're not, on, if you're on your ass, if you're sat at home smoking roll up fags, you're gonna be, you, you're gonna be, you know, you're gonna get what you're given. Yeah. If you consistently work towards your goal every single day, no matter whether you fail a hundred times, you will get there. And I wholeheartedly believe you will you deserve that and someone else who doesn't does not deserve the same yeah human rights fair dues but the same amount of success and the same amount of income for that that is just simple as uh-huh, uh-huh. i think there was a quote i don't remember it exactly but it, it went something like if you are in a bad position right now and you are not really stressing and you are not trying to hustle that's completely fine as long as you don't have expectations in being in a whole different place and in a whole different type of lifestyle a few years down the road so exactly yeah. it's only you can change and pave your own destiny that is what i sincerely believe yeah 100%. and it's very funny how uh, it's very funny how people just everybody just wants to have like the millionaire's lifestyle but they don't actually know what it takes like behind the scenes to have that life i mean the hustle and uh Like you only see on Instagram and on, on the internet that they're just posting themselves with the cars and uh, in very expensive uh, vacations and holidays and all that. But behind those beautiful moments, most probably there are hundreds of thousands of hours of work. And, uh, yeah. Exactly. And and you know what? I mean, I mean personally, there was, there was a point probably last this time last year where I wasn't looking after my health at all. You know, I was I was up 21 hours a day at it every day. No phone, wasn't even responding to any messages from anybody. You know, I was at it. And, you know, that's kind of quickly transitioned to thinking long-term and obviously looking after myself a little bit more. Um, but what you find is, just on back of, of your point there, the this lifestyle that's presented on Instagram, right? I know some, you know, very, very successful in terms of metrics, not in terms of what their income is, You know, Instagram influencers, but they live paycheck to paycheck. They live credit card to bill to credit card to bill. They will literally put their whole entire income for the last month to make the credit card zero at the start of the month. Now, I've I I have not got an issue with that. If you want to live your life like that, it's absolutely fine, and I have no room to comment on that. But you know, for people that want more, is that financial literacy? No, it's probably not. Because if you want to build wealth and buy more buy more time, you need to have that money as a liquid amount of money to be able to make it grow. Um, so, you know, these people that are going from, let's say, I don't know, $10,000 a month credit card bill to zero, not building wealth. They're probably going to be in that position for a while because they're not teaching themselves the, 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 the financial, let's say, money pot amount of how to asset allocate within your own personal finances. Um, so, you know, in no way am I saying it's the, the wrong or right way to live. But if you have a greater goal to, to become wealthy, You probably at that point when you do become wealthy, you probably won't want to even show that you're doing all these amazing things. You've got bottles Definitely and clubs, nice. yeah. got bottles and clubs you're wearing, you know, I know Fendi or whatever. It just doesn't matter. Like, because you, you kind of you become at one with what is inside you, you become at one with your own body. And no, everyone else, you, you know, the people that are on the same vision as you. And you know, if you're helping to, you know, to be helped, they're helping to be helped. No one wants, there's no crabs in a bucket trying to pull you down. Everyone wants you to succeed. And that is completely for me, like that's positive energy and that yields the best results. Yeah, completely agree with you. Just, uh, I'm just curious, how would you uh, describe a perfect day in uh, in your life? 
So morning, I always exercise. I can't work as productively without exercise. So, Same you know, thing. again, you see, you see people taking photos online of getting up at 5 a.m. And that's probably the only time in the month to do that. So I've been through the 5 a.m. kind of thing. But, you know, but for me, what works, for, what works for me might work completely differently for someone else. They might like to work through the night and get up at 10 a.m. I'm not in a position to comment. But I like, I get up at 10, 7 a.m., 7 a.m. every morning. I'll have a meditate for 10 minutes before I go on a run. If I'm tired, I go out basically on a run to shock my body and then meditate 10 minutes after that. Again, meditation, people say you have to do hours of it. I get bored after 10 minutes. So, you know, that's, that's what works for me, simple as. Uh, come back, I have a healthy, you know, fulfilling breakfast. Um, and then generally I might do it. I sometimes do a little bit of reading, but sometimes my time's a little bit shook. So I'll go straight to this kind of desk. Um, you know, planning out fundamentals in the morning, you know, the morning, what's going on in the news, what's going on in the market, look at some technical stuff, what's going on with the price. Um, and then realistically, you know, I'll kind of, you know, if I'm doing the trading during the day, then, you know, I'll, I'll kind of dedicate my mornings to that, um, you know, and then kind of cut off point generally is, is midday. And then I'll move into probably some, you know, some client work, um, mm -hmm. you know, portfolio building. I have all my calls. I don't let anyone book my calendar in the morning at all because that's when my, you know, optimal flow state is. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then I have my kind of client calls and then I have on the evenings, I've got my student calls. So we've got like his weekly coaching calls and things like that, you know, for the people who are learning. Um, but yeah, I mean, realistically for me at the moment, because there's a lot going on, I've had to kind of be a bit more of a chameleon and adapt. I don't trade as much. I'm more of a long-term positional holder and investor uh, because mm -hmm. my time is, you know, finite at the moment because yeah. of, of the, the business, et cetera. Um, so yeah, and then at the evening, you know, I, I usually I usually diet five days a week um, and then I'll usually have one cheat meal. So, you know, I'll make my tea later on in the evening um, and then chill out, chill out, probably bed for, for about 11 p.m. So that, that's a typical day, um, you know, sort of, what I make sure I do, I'm not one of these kind of gradual workers on a weekend. I like to fulfill life on a weekend and kind of go out and see the world and relax and whatnot. So, you know, I make sure that I do within them five days, I do everything I possibly can do to be productive. And on the weekend, generally, I don't really do much work. I'll do a bit of planning, but that's kind of the my routine. I'm very curious to know now, how did Elliot from last year, when you were working 18 hours a day, got to Elliot from now what were the realizations and what were the changes that you had to implement because i've been there myself working sure. eight days a week if possible and i was miserable and i would love to know how it changed for yourself i think it was it was a internal and external factors like i could tell from an external point of view you know i was very very sharp with people i didn't you know i wasn't flexible at all you know things were just annoying me because i knew that you know i was in the trenches basically yeah. uh, from an internal point of view i kind of knew all along that it wasn't sustainable right you know i wasn't really getting my exercise in and you know at this, at this point it, it was pretty much locked down anyway so you know you kind of you kind of can't even go out. So I was thinking something's got to change here. I think I can either go to the gym for, let's say, three three months. And I always use this kind of analogy. I could go to the gym for three months twice a day and then injure myself after three months and never go to the gym for the rest of the year. Or I can go three times a week for, for, for 12 months and get better gains and, you know, work for the long term. So that's kind of the analogy that I use for obviously training and then within, you know, my own business life as well. It was more like, you know, I don't really give a sh complete shite what everyone else is doing. This is what works for me. Um, you know, and seven seven thirty seven a.m. is is kind of the sweet spot, really. Uh, so that, that was the realization I knew in myself deep down that it wasn't how I wanted to personally live my life moving forward. Yeah, awesome. And talking about routines and about habits, and uh, I'm just curious, what would you say? Uh, what would you consider top three most important things that people can do in order to improve their lives so overall and their happiness happiness okay so number one is getting enough sleep massively important sleep oh my jesus very sleep. underrated <laughs> massively important people don't show that you, they show that you can sleep you know one hour a day and it's okay it's not um no, no one wants to build an empire not to be around to live it that's what i always say um so you know sleep number one um and number two is is eating correctly massively and then number number three is training. Get all them three three right, and you you know it's clinically proven that you're gonna you're gonna be able to feel a little bit better in yourself. You know, mental mental wise, physical wise, it kind of you know a mind body soul sort of thing. You know, and then you yeah. put yourself up right. Mm -hmm. I want to touch upon a right? 
definitely. I want to touch upon a point uh, with a lot of people thinking that they are saving time if they are not doing those things. If they are sleeping less, they're going to got get more time in their day to work. If they're not going to the gym, there's even more time to work. And if they're not cooking or not having a proper diet, they can just order food or eat whatever. And then they're going to have more time to work. But I guess it was for yourself the case as well when you realize that it's more important to be able to have a good six hours of work rather than an average 10, 12 hours of work. Yeah. So basically sleeping more and training and having a diet might make you waste time, but in hindsight, it's actually making you uh, win time and basically be more productive and get more things done in less time. Exactly. High performance, high performance. Do do the best you can with the time you've got. Simple as, you know, as long as you're productive in the amount of time you've got, there's no need to do anymore. You're probably just convincing yourself that you've been productive when you sat, you know, on Google reading about something you probably don't need to be reading about or watching, you know. So or it, when, when you've done one of those tasks that, you know, is not moving you any, any forward, but you've just done it, maybe you just cleaned your inbox in your email and yeah, it took you three hours and that's considered work for some people. Yeah, exactly. But I wanted to ask you, Elliot, because uh, you definitely are a very driven person and uh, basically know where you're heading from such a young age. And I want to know, and for our audience listening, what are the things or the thing that you want to be remembered for or as? Changing the way in which people look at the financial system and financial education. Number one, I mentioned about it earlier on, about how... The current system that we see about bankers, etc., is just not sustainable. You know, mm-hmm. there's so much competition in finance, but equally there's no competition. And that is the reason why that is, is because the people that are at the top and control it will always be at the top. Mm-hmm. Always. No matter what happens, you can go to you can go get your you know university degree, you can do as many JP Morgan and you know Deutsche Bank internships as you want, but the key, the key thing is that people in power are never, ever going to let you be in a position of authority. Hmm. So, you know, for me, people that work hard get rewarded, simple as I would never see anyone on the team that, that you know, works at Planet Crypto. If they're working, if someone's working harder, they get rewarded more, simple as, and that's the mentality I've brought the people that work for me around, you know, open. Um, you know, there's not there's none of this kind of top-down you're below me. We're all we're all a team. We're all sharing the dark times and sharing the successes together. Mm-hmm. Um, and that and that for me is something that is adapted in a lot of industries, but not finance. Finance is a very greed-driven industry. Greed, greed, greed. Because you can never. So, so some people you can never have enough money, but that doesn't mean they can never have enough happiness because happiness generally you know makes their money. Their money generally makes them happy in that case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair enough, completely agree. Just to change a little bit the subject, what would be one thing about yourself that you would like uh, to change in the current moment? Currently, so I mean, definitely from a, from a marketing standpoint, I, I, I just completely disrespect it. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like the porn star things. So I, I need to learn, I need to personally, it's one of my massive development opportunities and, and let's say, you know, places to move this year is learn more about the way the emotions behind selling and the emotions mm-hmm. behind marketing. I get emotions and I can, I can understand people's where they are within the pie chart on their emotion yeah. graph or whatever, you know, what color they are. But sometimes with the way I translate things to people doesn't appeal to who they are as an emotional person and they can get confused. Um, so, you know, I know that this interview will be received in many different ways by many different people. Um, I'm not really bothered about that because, because again, it's not. I'm, I'm I'm looking for one type of person, but you know, ultimately, that's one of my kind of key points I need to work on is is understanding emotions more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's very important that you have the necessary awareness to actually yeah. identify what are the things that you have to work on, because there are a lot of people out there, myself included, a year or two years ago when I would be like, yes. I kind of arrived. I just have to keep working harder and that's it. Uh, but it's definitely another case. And uh, it's again, I want to acknowledge you for being so young and uh, having the mindset that you have right now. And I hope that people listening can take uh, a few things from yourself in terms yeah. of the way you are approaching uh, things such as losing your life savings, uh, mm-hmm. things such as having to basically 
face a wipeout or your, of your business last year. So uh, it, there's definitely been quite a few things that have tested you so far, and uh, you've probably built some resilience after that. And do, do you know what? That was going to be one of the things I've, I was going to mention, actually, within the sort of um, this part of the podcast. I think life has a tendency to throw things at you to make sure if you're worthy of the next level, mm-hmm. right? So for me, every time I see things as a test, I'm not a victim. I'm ready to go at it and, and have a, you know, get myself to that next level. People have this victim mentality that everything that happens to them is, is the world sat on top of them. Yeah. And if you spin it on its head and you become in control of the world that is around you, you are able to, to tap into infinite returns and, and infinite kind of happiness. Uh, I think one of my key things I did touch on at the, ta- the start was I went through a very, very mentally you know, draining time when I was in the schooling system you know, through high school in the UK. Mm-hmm. I didn't fit in. I was at home. I was getting these external factors from family telling me that, you know, I had to go in this complete, this route through the system. And all I kept saying was, look, I will make sure that I'm successful and, and prove, prove this whole system wrong. You know, while I don't want to live in the past and kind of prove them wrong, um, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm sort of past that now, but, you know, equally, all, all I kind of, one of the messages I want to say to people is that if you do feel in a position like that where you don't fit in, it's, it's you who's going to create the next destiny for yourself. Mm-hmm. Grab it. If you don't fit in somewhere, find somewhere you do fit in. You know, if you are in the schooling system listening to this, you can't necessarily take yourself out of school. But that being said, there will be groups out there that you can express the way you feel and connect on an emotional level with. And I think that's one of the things that I definitely didn't have. When I was going through school and, and maybe that's because I was of a mindset where I didn't go and look for it and I'll always accept yeah. that but yeah. you know that was one of my because taking the kind of emotional dumps within my schooling kind of journey it did build up that resilience and kind of the you know not really being bothered about emotion whatsoever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's often the case that when you find yourself whenever someone finds themselves in a position where it just feels like they're not part of the crowd I think that's a very good moment because it's a moment of realization. You basically start being more aware of the fact that the things that serve other people don't serve you. And as much as it's very harsh, I've been through it myself in university, I still ask myself, how have I not dropped out? Um, but basically when you are in those moments, you do realize that you are different and you do realize that you have to think differently and act differently because ultimately you want to have a different outcome or a different lifestyle than other people want. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. And it's very sad because people, when they find most often, when they find themselves in this situation, they just go get depressed or they just get anxiety when, whilst they just have to realize and be aware of that and just, uh, I don't know, change your niche, try something else. Exactly. I think one of the key things as well is understanding yourself. What are your thresholds? What are your risk, your risk appetite? What is your personality? What are the things that put you on edge? What are the things that you enjoy? And the moment you start, you start playing to the things that you enjoy and help and finding other people that are available to help you with things that you don't enjoy and that put you on edge is the moment you start to love exactly everything that you do. I don't know marketing. I absolutely hate it. I hate porn star stuff. But I know a lot of people and I've got a lot of friends that are very, very, very good at marketing and have marketing agencies. Mm-hmm. So I put my trust in them. You know, they do, they, they do the thing. And I obviously, and we all reap the rewards from it. So, you know, I think one of the key things as well is you don't have to be a master at everything. You yeah. know, I've got, I've got people on my roster that I work with that are multi, multi-millionaires and they built things in like, you know, I know the building industries. And mm-hmm. they'll come to me with 100, 200K and they'll be like, just kind of let it disappear and, and let you do your thing. And that mindset for me is brilliant because it means that they know where their lane is and they yeah. let me and my team do what needs to be done to, to, you know, help them succeed within that area of their wealth. So, you know, that's kind of the mindset of, uh, I guess, a successful entrepreneur, mm. whereas this is someone who, you know, just wants to do everything, you know, I always look for people, I guess, who, who can help me. And, and, and one of the things as well is not, not looking to be helped, help and be helped. You know, don't even look to be helped back. Always look, always have the, the person that you're trying to help in mind and don't expect anything back from them. And, and I always say the data from my personal life is 100% of the time it comes back to you. It might come back three, four, five years, but they will help you in the future. The next time that, you know, if I help someone with an hour in, in crypto, when they want to get into crypto, they're coming to me because they trust me. They know I can trust me. You know, I haven't charged them for that hour or whatever, 
But in the future, you know, they're going to trust me and want to work with me. And that's kind of one of the key things, I guess, to building a, a client base who respect you up. Mm-hmm. 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 And it's yeah. definitely the case also, I want to touch on this. Even if that person doesn't end up getting into crypto and working with you, they definitely going to keep you in their at the back of their mind. And if ever they come across a situation where somebody asks them for a recommendation, they definitely going to mm-hmm. recommend you without any like concern. Exactly. It's also the case with like the way you treat clients. I've, I've seen this for myself. If you give without expectations and if you basically under promise and over deliver, there's always going to be the case that clients refer you to other people. Uh, and yeah, that's that's that was the point. Basically. Exactly. The way I always look at it in my mind is, I mean, you've got your pillars of marketing, etc. But for me, the, the most successful method of marketing is word of mouth. Simple as. You know, people talking to people and I always look at it like, I mean, you could say it's even like a blockchain, everything's linked up, but it's like an, it's like a, a mesh topology, like right? everyone's connected to everyone in this world somehow. Um, and I guarantee that that you two, you know, I don't know much about you at this moment, but I guarantee that you two know someone that, that is interested in crypto. You know, definitely word of right? mouth is right? more powerful than anything. Yeah, exactly. You know, and so it's kind of just a whirlwind of, you know, you see these hyper successful companies and they haven't got there by scamming people. They've got there by building a client base and being a trusted service provider, having the consumer in mind, providing a brilliant service and always being there to support people. Yeah. Elliot, changing the subject, I wanted to ask you if it was possible for you to be immortal, would you choose to be immortal? If so, why? And if not, why? Oh, that, is a, that is a brilliant, brilliant question. It's not often I can sometimes get a bit short for words in what I'm thinking of saying. Uh, the, the answer is probably yes. I would love to, yeah, uh, yeah, the answer is yes. I'd love to be able to, you know, spread a good message for a long time. Would you, yeah. would you, would you say you wouldn't get bored of doing the same things? No, no, because I come to work every single day and I, and I sit in front of my desk and I absolutely love doing what I, I do absolutely love it because the system that i've designed is in a way that you know exactly what i've just said to you like i do the things that i enjoy and everything else is there's someone else who's doing it so yeah. you know the moment you can you know manipulate situations where you do exactly what you love it doesn't it doesn't become a, a job it becomes a lifestyle and i would i will probably never stop working I'll, I'll never retire because i enjoy what i do too much mm-hmm. that's all that matters honestly and um just wanted to ask you, obviously, it's very subjective from uh, one person to another, but what would you consider is the meaning of life? Help and be helped. Or help before being helped. Yeah. Yeah. You know, really self- nice. selflessness, is, is yeah, the, selflessness is the the key. It is. You know, it, the moment you start putting I in team is the moment your team start to, you know, not respect you as much. If you build an, build a like a lifestyle and build a you know a, a, an era and um, what's it called like a legacy as someone who always helped other people, you're going to be remembered for the right things and you're going to always be respected. So that's kind of the meaning of life for me. Yeah, completely agree with you. And uh, yeah, that being said, uh, we got to be mindful of your time and uh, our audience time. And uh, we're just going to ask you the last question. Just take your time if you need it to to answer it. So imagine that you are on your deathbed, so you're just uh, about to die. But then right next to you, the best version of yourself appears. Uh, You see and comprehend what you could have become. So what would you think about yourself in that situation? What would you feel? That is a brilliant question. That is a brilliant question. I think... In terms of looking back from, you know, what I've achieved or is that kind of the best? Yeah. Okay. So I would, I would be in a position where I'm hoping on my deathbed, I know that I did everything I could to maximize my time within the planet, you know, have, have a good innings. I like to call it, have a good innings, help more people, help the family. Um, and, And just knowing that I wasn't, you know, obviously with my my wider why about having, you know, this kind of obsession with the way that the financial system works, if I knew that I made a, a change to that and, and that was going to impact so many more people's lives because of that, that for me, I've, you know, you can take me away, but you can bury me. I'm, I'm done. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a mesh topology once again. 
because you know you, you've got an eternal impact on a lot of people's lives. And this is the thing again with with you know wealth and the M word in the UK certainly you know the money the money word. People look at wealth as a bad thing, but generally people who are wealthy have changed a lot of people's lives, a lot of people's lives. So you know that's that's probably an umbrella. But you know they haven't got to there by scamming people. Put it that way. You know if they if they have, they probably can't retain the wealth either. They'll become broke. Mm-hmm. So you know knowing that I've impacted a lot of people on my deathbed, and you know looked after my family, looked after people I, I love the most, my friends. You know that's enough for me. That's very beautiful and powerful as well. I mean, look look, look at people like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or like everyone has and is considered very wealthy. They, as you said, haven't got up there by scamming people, by cheating, by lying, or by doing bad things to other people. They basically got up there by helping, by have, by making an impact, by revolutionizing whole industries. Uh, is the case with both Amazon and SpaceX and Tesla. Uh, but yeah, with that said, Elliot, uh, thank you so much for for being on. Thank you so much for basically giving us so many insights into your life, into your mindset and what it is that you do. Uh, And before wrapping things up, I just want to give you the opportunity to tell our audience once again, what it is that you do, how you can potentially help them and where they can find you. Yep. So Elliot Rain, the owner and founder of Planet Crypto Global, and we exist to educate people of all experience levels to becoming profitable in the emerging cryptocurrency market. So you can find us on Instagram at Planet Crypto Global. Uh, Our website is www.planetcryptoglobal.com. My personal Instagram is Elliot underscore Rain. So that's E-L-L-I-O-T-T underscore R-A-Y-N-E. And then Facebook, you know, Elliot Elliot Rain. (laughs) Yeah. That, that's awesome. me breaking time it awesome you know. awesome Absolutely. anytime talking to you and uh yeah i just gotta acknowledge you once again for the like mind-blowing cv that you have at 21 i mean uh that's something that i mean anybody could be could be proud of i appreciate that a lot thank you very much for having me as well guys i really appreciate it thank yeah. you so much for listening and till next time guys stay grateful Thank you so much for sticking all the way till the end. This shows that you are serious about taking your life to the next level and doing that through a perspective of gratitude. If you enjoyed this interview, it would help us massively if you could give us a 5 star rating review on iTunes or else share this on your stories and tag us. This way, with your help, our message will be seen by more people and together we will make this world a better place.